Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. We are expected to be joined by the mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quentin Lucas, joining us here momentarily. When he's on the phone, then you'll know, and we'll talk to the mayor of Kansas City. But again, we appreciate you listening. Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Tomorrow, I will be live from Radio Row broadcasting. Our hope is that Cam Newton is going to be on the show tomorrow. I don't know anyone else that is planning on coming on the show tomorrow. I wouldn't lie to you. If I knew, I would tell you. I don't know. But I do hope that Cam Newton is on the show tomorrow. If I had to make a list of my favorite college players, I mean, Chase Daniel would be number one on the list. Reggie Bush would be number two. And you know who would be number three on the list, Rob? Cam Newton. Rob makes fun of me for my love of two players it's Cam Newton and Peter Wark. Oh, if you remember Peter Wark back at Florida State, he was Reggie Bush before Reggie Bush. He was amazing. He would have won the Heisman Trophy back in the name, image, and likeness days. He wouldn't have had to steal those clothes from Dillard's. They could have just gave them to him. So hopefully we get Cam Newton on the show tomorrow. I'm hoping for that for myself more than anybody else. Your first question to Cam needs to be like, how much money did your dad get to take you to Auburn? No, can we take a picture, Cam? (laughs) Can we take a picture? Cam, please. I don't got to ask you any questions. I know you think the other team's quarterback stinks. You've been saying it for six weeks. I know how you feel about the other team's quarterback. So coming up in a bit, we're expected to be joined by Mayor Quentin Lucas joining us on the show today. I have been thinking a lot about the term of legacy and how it is sort of defined in this game. And it's interesting because I think legacy is at stake for both teams, but in two very different ways. I think the legacy for Kansas City is much more grandiose and big picture than it is for San Francisco. You've been to multiple Super Bowls in a relatively short period of time, but you didn't win the first one where Kansas City already has two in the belt. If they win this Super Bowl, it will be undeniable. Like there are some people who are still, oh, they got to win three. Well, if they get the third one in five seasons, they've been to four of the last five. No one is arguing on whether or not you think they are a dynasty. They are by any metric that people are using the word dynasty to define a team and their greatness of those things, Rob, but as we wait for the mayor of Kansas City, at least for me, I think all of the Kansas City talking points are big picture and about history and where you stack up against uh, the Niners of the past, San Francisco, where you stack up against Dallas, where you stack up against the Steelers. I think they're way more about that conversation for Kansas City. I think for San Francisco, it's, hey, your coach hasn't won a championship. Is he going to win it? And can you win a Super Bowl with the quarterback that you have? Because the overwhelming sentiment is that you can't win a Super Bowl with the quarterback that they have. The inverse, though, is interesting to me more than the Niners part. Because I agree with you on the Niners part. The Niners legacy or the now legacy is way more at stake. Kyle Shanahan is going to be viewed as the Charles Barkley of coaches if he fails to get this one. Always so close. Couldn't get over the hump against better coaches. You know, he bumped into McVay. He bumped into us. He lost to a Sirianni. He lost to Reed twice. That is the story surrounding Shanahan. That is going to be the story surrounding the Niners. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That is going to be the story. But the inverse of the Chiefs was interesting to me because I don't know the Chiefs legacy gets dinged at all with a loss. Like, you and I think they're going to win. Like, it. So this is largely a moot point, but if the chiefs lose is Andy Reid's legacy hurt 
Is his legacy tarnished? Is the team's legacy tarnished? Is Patrick Mahomes? I would say no. I would say in a weird, odd set of circumstances, the team with the superior quarterback, the team with the best individual player in the game is the team playing with house money. That's not usually how it goes. We're both NBA fans. How many times has LeBron gone in an NBA finals and think to yourself, boy, LeBron needs to get this one to bolster his resume. He's the best player on the court. Patrick Mahomes with the best player on the field Sunday. And I think if he takes an L, unless it's like some 45 to three drubbing, if he takes an L, I don't think his legacy suffers one iota. If Andy Reid loses a tight one to Kyle Shanahan, I don't think his legacy is affected in the absolute least. It is odd to me the Chiefs are playing with house money in a Super Bowl. This is where I'll disagree just a little bit on Patrick Mahomes. And maybe you see it the same way. I know Mayor Lucas is calling. If you were 0-2 against Tom Brady and you lost a Super Bowl to Brock Purdy, it's going to be really hard eventually for you to win that resume argument. Now, I think at least if Mahomes is going to win that resume argument, it's going to be difficult. You're going to have to win it on the eye test. But I think at least in terms of resume and those things, that's maybe the only knock that I would potentially see is, hey, you already got the strikes on you for losing to, Pat, uh, to Tom Brady. You can't have the strike on you for losing to Brock Purdy. Let's head to the phone lines right now. I'll be joined by the mayor of Kansas City. Mayor Quentin Lucas joins us on the show today as we continue to get you ready for Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the Niners. Mayor Lucas, how are you doing today? I am doing great. It is a beautiful day in Kansas City. And more than anything, right, we're looking ready. Uh, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. I think all of Kansas City is excited. Tomorrow, Friday at work, we ain't going to be doing nothing, I hate to admit, and uh, counting down to the Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, just think about this, Mayor Lucas. As a kid, the whole time you were thinking, man, you know what? This team could go to a Super Bowl if they just drafted a quarterback. No, right. you were the reason they started going to the Super Bowl. This team wasn't going to the Super Bowl until you got elected mayor. You're the real difference well you know my favorite thing is i've run into some cats every now and then who are like man i don't know what you actually do in your job i don't know if i like you but you got to stick around forever because it has been one amazing run i was mayor when we won our first super bowl in this series of course we'd won one one years before but in this set at the uh, last chiefs 49ers super bowl we've had an exceptional run since and i think that this sunday is going to give us another good opportunity Right now, we're joined by Mayor Quentin Lucas, mayor of Kansas City, is joining us on the show today. How exciting is this? I got an opportunity to go down to Union Station a couple of days ago when you could just feel the energy. You know, people are taking pictures. Everybody's optimistic. People are buying shirts from Rally House. How fun is it in Kansas City that you're the mayor and you've got a chance to experience? I mean, you have seen two parades and you've also seen three Super Bowls about to be a fourth one. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's the sort of thing where I need to pinch myself. Unfortunately, my child is way too young to um, really remember these moments. So I know probably 15, 20 years from now, I'll be this old man who's like, yeah, son, I was real important. I was standing next to my homes. But, um, you know, it's something that is almost unimaginable in terms of having the access, the opportunity, some of the burden of making sure we fund things like celebrations if we get them. But, uh, you know, I think probably the thing that, that got me the other day, I was at KCI airport to send, send off the team. And I got to stand near the steps on the tarmac as the Chiefs board at the flight and talk to some players that you and I know well and have seen a lot of times, doing some handshakes, hugs, what have you. And I was like, man, this cannot be my life, particularly because I grew up in Kansas City. 
movie. I, I, I cried and weeped like everybody else through Steve Bono, Elvis Gerbach, a little bit of Dave Craig. Don't even get me started on our early 2000s kind of Tyler Thigpen, some of that other fun stuff. And, you know, it's, it is this moment now that I think so many in Kansas City deserve. I think we have been such a loyal fan base that, you know, my thought is let's just keep on winning. I'm in no way worried about, you know, this sort of Chiefs are the villains or Chiefs need to be hated on. We paid our dues. Now's our time to celebrate. Right now we're talking to Mayor Lucas, the mayor of Kansas City, Missouri. You are right about the villain part of it. I just think this is what comes with it. Like you and I grew up where people hated Duke. I hated Duke because they won all the time. Like that was why I hated him. Like this is a good thing that people feel this way about Kansas City, that people are tired of seeing them in big games. That means they keep going to the Super Bowl. You know, that's exactly right. And now I'm finally getting the point that, you know, it's not so much a thing of, you know, uh, of needing to hate them because they do anything in particular. It really is people just saying, man, y'all win too much. And I think that's something that I'm starting to see when I'm with other mayors around the country. And, and see that these are huge cities. And they're like, why y'all always got to be there? Why do I have to see your games on Sunday night football every night? And then once Taylor Swift started happening, they're like, Kansas City again. I love that. I love Kansas City being in the forefront of a lot of conversations, being in the center of a lot of people, and more than anything, Kansas City being the spot where I think a lot of people are saying, I need to take a second look. I need to know what that town's about. Beyond the football team, beyond the famous stars going to see what what our community is building and how we're doing things like the World Cup, supporting this football team, building new and exciting venues all around the region. And that's something that uh, makes the mayor really excited. You mentioned Taylor Swift. You guys have to give her a key to the city or something at this point she's from kansas city you know she is she is and i'm you know what and there are so many haters out there and there are probably some listening right now and i just want to say this for y'all y'all got to get over it because she has expanded the brand i had an interview in my office today with the norwegian broadcasting company norwegian and nbc ain't none of y'all ever heard of and you know we've been to super bowls a bunch of times and i've done my my hits you know with the the normal and national folks the international attention she's bringing the money she's bringing, I read to third graders at an elementary school in the Northland today, and whether it was the Northland, and I was at an elementary school a few days ago in the inner city of Kansas City. Both of them had a Travis and Taylor spirit day, where half the girls were dressed up in sparkles and all of that. Look, this is excitement, and fundamentally what, what we're watching is entertainment, right? And so Taylor brings, I think, some of that glamour, that entertainment. My preferred entertainment is football. I don't know her music like that, but I certainly understand the revenues that the city is getting the attention that we're all getting and frankly i think some of the smiles we get to get when two pretty young people get to fall in love i just think it's cool for the most part that i mean at least every story i've heard and i'm sure you've heard the same thing i haven't heard one bad story about taylor swift no if she was at a restaurant everybody was really happy she tipped well she had a good spirit and it's just really cool to see someone who is not from the city embrace kansas city in the way that she has i mean she was at miracle pop-up bar three times a week it felt like during christmas you know, and, and something about her that's amazing. People always ask if I've met her. Short answer is no, but further answer is kind of. You know, I ended up in whatever kind of secure area she was. We both, fun fact, uh, went to the restrooms next to each other at the same time, but they shut it all down for her. So we're coming out, right? And I just give her a head nod like she's another brother walking down the street, which, you know, I think she acknowledged. And then, you know, there were these three little girls there. And, you know, Taylor, she literally just got out of the bathroom. But they were just like, oh, my God, we're so excited. They're screaming. She stops and talks to them and smiles and already looks like a Disney princess. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. 
And I think that's the sort of thing that she has been doing all around town. That's why you kind of have this neat relationship with Kansas City. So, look, I'm on 610 Sports Radio. I still love the Chiefs. We can talk X's and O's in football. But the Super Bowl, as all of us know by now, because we've, we've been to a lot lately, is really a spectacle. I think it's a center of American entertainment. It's the biggest rated, highest rated show in America each year. And I think that, uh, you know, Taylor, the Chiefs themselves have brought a special it factor to the Super Bowl this year, unlike any that at least we've seen for Kansas City before. Right now we're talking to the mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quentin Lucas, just celebrating the fact that Kansas City is once again in the Super Bowl on Sunday taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Let me ask you this question about the parade. I believe it's Wednesday. Can you confirm that it's Wednesday? And, I mean, at this point you have enough practice with parades. What improvements do you think there could possibly be with this parade than the last one? You know, I think that we are always looking to improve a few different areas, making sure you have enough restrooms. Nobody really gives you props for that, but in the 2015 Royals Parade, yeah, we had some issues. By 2020, I think we had seen strong improvements. We continue to do that. Accessibility and access for everyone, if you're in a wheelchair or not. I mean, by now, we're getting the level of experience where we really are getting some of those things that I think are very foundational, but ones that were perhaps overlooked before. So that is the experience. Wednesday is the day. Um, you know, I understand a lot of different issues. My daycare sent an email today saying we're shutting down if, if the parade happens. So, I mean, I understand that a lot of people have to make choices. That being said, you know, we we've, um, believe that this was the time that was best, working with all of our partners, Kansas City Chiefs, the Sports Commission, and others. And uh, we hope that we have a chance to have that type of celebration here in Kansas City. I actually heard that there was a little bit of a, I don't want to say fight, that makes it sound contentious, but I heard that at least, you know, some people wanted it on Thursday because of Valentine's Day because of Ash Wednesday, but the team was really adamant for the parade to be on Wednesday. That's what I heard. You know, I'm making no comment on the conversations that happen behind the scenes. All I'll say is this is this is nothing but a positive. If you've got other things to do on, on Wednesday, I get it. You know, love your Valentine's Day or Ash Wednesday or, or hanging at home with your kid, which may be something I'll have to do. We'll see. I mean, y'all know I'm going to be there. But anyway, maybe that's something you have to do. If you're somebody who wants to go out to uh, enjoy with a few hundred thousand other people, that's an opportunity, too. They always say it's a free country, and that's why I think, uh, you know, it's so great to live here. So we'll see either way. That being said, you know, first of all, knock on wood to see if it happens. But more than that, this is about joy. This is about actually celebrating our community, a community that has supported this team with their tax dollars, with their hearts, with their spirit, with their money at bars or in jerseys and gear for generations. This is about kids like you and me who grew up wherever we did, believing the Chiefs would make it to this point someday. And uh, for me, it's all about smiling. So nobody's going to rain on my parade, even if it's raining and cold that day, as it has been in the past. All right, I have three final questions, and we'll get you out of here. I appreciate your time. Number one. You played me last year, and you know you played me last year about the parade. I want a confirmation right now. If they win, I want to be on your float, truck, whatever whatever structure you were getting down grand. I won't. I won't say anything. I won't take any pictures. I just want to be on the parade route with you. Can you confirm? Can you lock it in right now that I got a space next to you? But don't you have to work, man? I ain't trying to get you in trouble with the overlords, my man. I, I will mean, take. It's, uh... I will take a day off. Right. I will put in my PTO. I will be sick right now if you're telling me I could be actually in the parade. Let me, uh, you know, let me check for you. <laughs> check with who? You're the mayor. <laughs> 
you know, I'm I'm a call. I'm a call some people. Make sure it's all right. I don't break any you know union rules, anything like that, by putting you in the parade. I'm I'm gonna try. How about this? I'm gonna sound like a politician right now. I will do whatever I can to make sure you can get there. Okay. All right. You know, I will text you the moment the game is over <laughs> and follow up with this to find out. We're all right. Ready. Number two is where are you gonna be? Are you going to Vegas? Do you plan on watching it in the stadium? I am going to Vegas. I will make my second trip to Allegiant Stadium. The first time I saw the Chiefs uh, stomp the Raiders. Uh, this time, now very excited to be there. Blessed and fortunate to be there on uh, Sunday night. If any of y'all are going, I hope to see you somewhere in Las Vegas. Y'all will not see me hanging out late on the strip. I don't need that drama, so I'm going in Saturday. Hit a few little events, Chiefs rally, go to the game. I come right back home on Monday morning in time for the drive. Hold on. So why are you going to Vegas if you don't plan on participating in any of the shenanigans? That's the main reason why to go to Vegas. <laughs> Man, I'm too old for that. No, I plan on uh, just get – shoot, I'm going to go, probably uh, chill a little bit, see some people. But the game itself is big enough. I'm excited about the game, excited to be around all the festivities. This will actually be my fourth Super Bowl, so that is an incredible blessing. Well, our last one here, Rob thinks that you can bring a, a tray of vegetables to the, to the, to the Super Bowl party. Please tell Rob that that is a party foul. That is a red flag. And please do not bring cauliflower to my home for the Super Bowl. What the hell are he trying to do? Bring a tray of vegetables to the Super Bowl party? I mean, okay, if you're going to, like, the most vegan Super Bowl party ever and all of that where, like, it's only on a small TV on the side, sure. Now, you got to get dips. You got to get your wings. You can have some celery with the wings. But, yeah, if you're just bringing a giant, like, cauliflower celebration, I I ain't about that. That's not what the Super Bowl party is for. You save that for your for your Grammys or your Emmy watch party or something like that is my respectful recommendation. That is the mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quinn Lucas, who said that he will do his best to ensure that I can be in the parade if they win. Mayor Lucas, man, we appreciate your time. Thanks a lot for hopping on today. My man, go Chiefs. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Absolutely. That's Mayor Quinn Lucas joining us on the show today. So I think the storylines and talking points for Kansas City are much more big picture. What does this mean for Patrick Mahomes? What does this mean for Andy Reid? What does this mean for Travis Kelsey? What does a championship and playing well mean for this defense and how they're going to be viewed historically? I think all of the Kansas City talking points are much more how they line up historically to the other great teams and dynasties of the NFL's history. I think it's a much different conversation in San Francisco. There is no burden of proof on Kansas City anymore. You've seen them play in big games. You've seen them win big games. You've seen them lose. You've seen them have great success. You have seen Kansas City in almost every single environment. And every question that you have thrown out about Kansas City over the last six years, they have answered. You wanted to see them go on the road. Well, they went on the road. You wanted to see them. They have done it. San Francisco hasn't done any of those things. So I think at least for San Francisco, if you want to talk about the short term and who I think this game means more for, I think historically you could argue Kansas City. If you are arguing over the next three months, over the next six months, as we wait for another football season, I think it's San Francisco and I don't think that it's close. People think that their head coach is a choke artist. He gets more of the responsibility for losing the Super Bowl than any other player associated with the Atlanta Falcons. Not Matt Ryan, not the actual head coach and Dan Quinn. 
You blame Kyle Shanahan. Hey, you guys had a 28-3 lead, and you had one of the most epic collapses in the history of the National Football League. Kyle Shanahan is the one that has to wear that. If you talk about the last time that these two teams were in the Super Bowl, San Francisco had a 20-10 to lead with less than eight minutes to go in the game and lost by double digits. Two people wear that disappointment. It's Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't there anymore. You tried to replace him. You did replace him. You're the last one standing here. I think the person who has the most to gain in this is Kyle Shanahan. I also think that he's the one with the most to lose. If they lose this, the label that people have placed on him and the criticisms of him only get louder. And you were going into this, I would say, outmanned. The other team has Patrick Mahomes. The other team has a better defense. The other team is just simply playing better than you are. Sometimes it's not about being the best team. I think that San Francisco was the best team this year in the National Football League. But it's not about that at this point. It's about who is the hottest team, who is playing their best football. And I think you'd be really hard-pressed to argue that San Francisco is playing their best football, at least coming into this game. Not with what we've seen their defense do in the two postseason games. Not with what we have seen their quarterback do and how he has performed in these first two games of the postseason. So the Super Bowl can erase a lot. I mean, I just don't even know why you even plan on going to Vegas if you don't plan into getting into something. I mean, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know what I mean? I mean, I hope to I hope to see him out. I was looking forward to playing craps with the mayor of Kansas City. I was looking, I was very excited about a little craps action, but it doesn't look like that's gonna happen. Rob, I'm happy he told you. Dog, I'm I'm serious. If you come around me with celery on Sunday. That might be the end for you. That really might be the end for you. We've had a great day, a great week. I don't want it to end this way. I, I really don't want it to end this way. Someone said, CDOT, why'd you have to throw Rob under the bus like that? Rob threw himself under the bus when he suggested bringing celery and cauliflower to the big game function. Why are you he threw himself ice- under the bus. Why do you hate a nice veggie tray? What? I'm not saying it's this the... Isn't, this isn't a graduation. Yeah, if you're, if you're bringing that to a graduation open house, sure. Hey, thanks. We appreciate it. You're bringing this to the big game? No. I hope none of your bets cover if you bring a veggie tray to the big game party. I hope you lose every single one that you place. Everyone. Other than Chiefs money line. That's the only one I hope you hit. That's the only one. All right. Out here trying to wash my weight and I'm getting yelled at about it. <laughs> well, just drink more water. That balances out. Is that how it is? All the other calories that you eat, if you drink water, it balances it out. I can crush three double cheeseburgers at the party, but oh, I had some water. Yeah, so water. we're good. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Pray. Yeah, if you do that, yeah, you just got to pray. Uh, someone said, I'd rather you bring nothing than a veggie tray. 100%. I much rather you just not come with anything than you walk in here with, oh, hey, guys. And you're holding a veggie tray. I don't want any part of that. Keep it locked in right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Your home for Chiefs football in Kansas City is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
Hey, let me tell you guys that our big game coverage is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. Community America Credit Union is proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get your Chiefs checking account, including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. We have a very busy show planned tomorrow. We are going to be joined in the 5 o'clock hour by Nate Taylor. Also, the San Francisco writer for The Athletic is going to be joining us in the 5 o'clock hour as well. So a great roundtable discussion live from Radio Row. Mark Schlereth will be on the show tomorrow. I believe that Cam Newton will be on the show tomorrow. And we'll see what other Radio Row hijinks there are. I'm going to be real with you guys. I actually fly out in 45 minutes So I have to play the Danny Parkins conversation for you so I can get out of here. Earlier today, we were joined by Danny Parkins of 670, the score in Chicago. And you guys know how we started. Park Park, what's good? Oh, good afternoon, number three. This is number two speaking. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, I had the mid-market. So that's basically you were in the big leagues. And I'm I'm out here playing triple-A baseball. Yeah, but you know what? I got to say, it's kind of BS. Because I don't, I don't like how they do it. Like, San Diego is considered major market. That's ridiculous. Like, yes, it's a more populated city than Kansas City, but no one would say hosting afternoons in San Diego is a better job than hosting afternoons in Kansas City. You've got more pro sports teams than San Diego. You have more pro sports teams. You've got more passionate college fans. You have some of the best fans in the country, period, as evidenced by the TV rankings for everything from college football to the Olympics to the World Cup to, of course, MLB and NFL. Like, Kansas City, for sports talk, uh, and I would say the same thing about our buddy Andrew Filipponi in Pittsburgh. KC and Pittsburgh are top 15 cities in the country to do this job uh, that we do it in. So I think it's kind of ridiculous how Barrett Sports Media ranks that stuff, but obviously both – both were very kind to us, so you know we'll t- we'll take the plaudits. Unfortunately, it comes with exactly zero more dollars in our contract. Danny, let's start with this because I think you would love this Super Bowl week. A lot of the conversation circling around Kansas City is right up your wheelhouse. It is big picture legacy. What does this mean for Andy Reid? What does this mean for Patrick Mahomes? What does this mean for Travis Kelsey? I mean, all of the Kansas City storylines are right in the Danny Parkins wheelhouse. They are, and my answer might surprise you here slightly. I'm here for it on the Andy Reid stuff. I'm here for it on the Kelsey stuff, and the Mahomes piece of it really bothers me. He's 28 years old. He would he needs to play 15 more seasons to retire younger than Tom Brady retired. So it's just like Kelsey – it might be his last. Reed, it might be his last. There's no shot in hell that it's Mahomes' last. Even if he somehow has a Marino-esque rest of his career and doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, the guy's going to throw for 40,000 more yards in his career. So if you want to do the, like, on-pace stuff, best QB ever under 30, best start to a career, best six-season run in NFL history – Is this a dynasty? I'm here for all of it. But the Mahomes v. Brady stuff is just silly. And I don't like it. And I think it's way too premature and unfair. And our guy, his Dirkness, does this fantastic Chiefs pod with our guy, Ryan Hall, um, amateur hour. He's like, I don't want your corny NBA rings culture stuff. 
to come into our NFL discourse. And he's right. It's a team sport. And it's affected by coaching and conference and luck and single elimination and all of those things. So I don't like it. I don't. I, Mahomes absolutely could be regarded as the greatest of all time if he finishes with five rings and Brady finishes with seven. If he destroys him in all of the statistical things and the percentage things and the per game things and then our eye test, which has to be a factor in it. So I just I find it to be a little lazy. Uh, to, to every time Mahomes makes a run, we have to compare him to Tom Brady, even though he's 15 years younger. I mean, I just, I don't know. That part really bothers me. Let's move to the other side and talk about the quarterback of San Francisco. The point that I've made this week is usually if it is a low-round or undrafted player, there is this Cinderella underdog sort of groundswell around that player. It doesn't feel like Brock Purdy has been afforded that. I mean, if you look at the history of it, there has been no fifth-round pick that has won a Super Bowl. The only sixth-round pick has been Tom Brady, no seventh-round pick, and the only undrafted player to win a Super Bowl is Kurt Warner. Usually if a player at his age and where he was selected is having the success, I feel like it's much more of the underdog. Everybody is pushing their momentum around him and sort of a hope factor to it. I don't really get that sense with Purdy, and he feels like he's one of the more scrutinized players in the league. Uh, he is one of the most scrutinized players in the league. I think that of all of the crazy things about Brock Purdy, him being sucked into the vortex of the sports take industrial complex has to be one of the most surprising things in the history of sports. But I also think if he was the third pick of the seventh round, it would be a little bit different. But he was Mr. Irrelevant. So there is a, there's a cachet that comes with that and an intrigue that comes with that that adds to it. And the other part of it is, he was the favorite to be the MVP of the league in week 15. So that part is what I think is a little crazy to so many of us. It's like, okay, wait a minute. He is good, and it is an incredible story. But it is a testament to McCaffrey and Trent Williams and Kittle and Ayuk and Shanahan and John Lynch. And it's a testament to a lot of things because we've also seen – them win double-digit games and make a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, who, when he leaves there, is not good. So there's a lot of things that point to him being a product of the environment and not the thing that makes the environment better for all those other names that I just mentioned. But so many people were willing to say that he was the best player in football after 85% of the season had been completed, which is patently ridiculous. So... I think that once you get extreme reaction in that direction, it then leads to extreme reaction in the other direction, as opposed to, damn, Purdy, nice story, good player, way better than most of us gave him credit for. Let's see what happens. Because I do think that there's a little bit of clock-striking midnight potential here if he has a game like he did against Baltimore where he threw four picks in the Super Bowl. So I don't think that this story is close to being over, and I know everybody says he's definitely going to be the Niners' unquestioned quarterback next year. Okay, okay, let him play like he did against Cleveland this year or let him play like he did against Baltimore against the Chiefs' defense that checks note second in the NFL between Cleveland and Baltimore on the season. 
have him do it in front of 100 million people for the team that brought in Sam Darnold, for the team that traded up for Trey Lance, for the team that called 46-year-old Tom Brady to see if he wanted to come out of retirement. And you tell me that Brock Purdy definitely has that job next year if he goes out and throws a trifecta of interceptions at the Super Bowl. Right now, we're talking to Danny Parkins of 6-7, the score in Chicago. Danny, I'm picking Kansas City to win this game 23-17. I haven't gotten your official prediction. It doesn't sound like you have a lot of confidence in Brock Purdy against this Kansas City defense to play well and win this game. I am picking the Chiefs. I feel terrible about picking the Ravens uh, last week. It was so stupid uh, because I know how to do this job, as evidenced by being the second-best afternoon show in major markets in the country. Uh, but before the season, I picked the Chiefs and the Lions, and then they were both in the respective championship games. And I was like, you know who's going to win? The Ravens and the Niners. What a stupid thing to say. It's like I had never done this before. So I really felt stupid about doing that. And I do think that the Niners' defense is a lot of sizzle and not much stake. Bosa is spectacular. Ward is very good. Obviously, Chiefs fans know him well. Uh, Hufanga is great. He's going to have an amazing career. Obviously, it's unfortunate what happened. They've invested a ton in Hargrave and Armstead and Chase Young. Fred Warner is still spectacular. We know all the names, but they have not played well for a while now. And the Lions ran on them. The Packers ran on them. The Chiefs seem committed to running the ball more consistently with Pacheco and have figured out that that's going to be the complement to Patrick Mahomes. So I think the Chiefs are actually going to control this game and most likely not drop the interceptions that the Packers drop. And then Purdy's going to turn it over a few times and the Chiefs will win by double digits. You certainly have tracked this for a lot longer than I have, but it's really surprising to me to see that San Francisco is the favorite in this game. Like, if I am just looking at it, trying to be as neutral as I can, one team has the clear quarterback advantage, one team has the coaching advantage, one team's defense is better than the other. I would say that today, one team is playing better than the other team that it feels like that this line is more predicated on what San Francisco was in week seven and weeks eight versus what they're going to be heading into Sunday's game. It is surprising to me that Kansas City, this defense, this coach, and this quarterback, that they're underdogs heading into a Super Bowl. I, I agree with you. It, they are close enough that it shouldn't be three either way. And one team being favored by one or two is not that different than another team being favored by one or two three is really the key number there so I agree I think it's a little surprising I think it's just that the Niners have been rated where they've been uh by the formulas basically that spit out these numbers for so long um and the other thing is listen the Niners skill position talent is spectacular and McCaffrey is a touchdown machine and the Chiefs you go through it and you say, okay, they won a game against Miami with a bunch of backup defenders when it was Antarctica. That's kind of a weird game. Then you beat Buffalo in a game where their kicker missed the kick. I think Mahomes would have went down the field. But, you know, Buffalo had some self-inflicted wounds in that spot. Also, obviously, a ton of injuries on their defense. Chiefs get two turnovers in the end zone against the Ravens and still could have lost the game. Uh, at the end, and there was a fumble, you know, at the, at the one-yard line. That's a one-score game, and the Ravens completely abandoned the run and psyched themselves out of their game plan in this game. I do think there's a little bit of a belief, not that it's 
fool's gold what the Chiefs have done. That would be way too harsh. But that each of their games in the AFC run that they've been on have small asterisks next to it where circumstances or self-inflicted things by the other team contributed to the Chiefs winning the game. So the Chiefs are playing better, but I do think that inside the numbers, uh, the results are a little bit more lopsided than what the performance has actually been. Right now, we're talking to Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago, getting his thoughts on Super Bowl 58. Danny, I see this as a game. Like, if you want me to look at it through the other lens and you want me to find a scenario in which San Francisco wins this game, we are talking about a team that is 22-5 and since the Christian McCaffrey trade. In my mind, they have been the second-best team in the NFL outside of Kansas City since that trade. I mean, this is Christian McCaffrey probably has to have at least 120 yards from scrimmage. Like, this needs to be a game in which he wins Super Bowl MVP. I think Brock Purdy could play fine in this game. I'd be surprised if he had two touchdowns, no interceptions, and really carved up this defense. I think this is a game that Kyle Shanahan is going to have to heavily rely on Christian McCaffrey to win this game, and their defense is going to have to play significantly better than they did against Green Bay or Detroit. Uh, I Well, listen, they, they could win a shootout. If the game turns into a shootout on a fast track in a dome, uh, that is that is certainly in play. I didn't know Mahomes' dome stats. That's awesome. I didn't know that Mahomes is 340 yards per game when you combine passing and rushing. And I think it's, what, 22 touchdowns against three interceptions, and he's never lost. He's 10-0 in a dome. That is, that is spectacular. I heard that on our buddy Nick Wright's show uh, this week. So I, I, did not, I did not know that. But it's, I agree with you. McCaffrey being unguardable, being a dual threat, being, I think, you know, 150-plus yards, two-plus touchdowns, I, I think that that's the formula because then what happens? They show Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. You know, that, that's the, the defense for the Niners. All of a sudden, they're really rested. It's a 25-minute halftime. They're not as tired. Mahomes can't do those nine-minute drives when McCaffrey is doing nine-minute drives of his own. I think the game script, if the Niners, like, got the ball to start, drove down the field, 12-play drive, McCaffrey in control, something happens on the Chiefs' drive where they have to punt, and all of a sudden, like, the Chiefs obviously can come from behind with Mahomes. I'm not saying they can't. But if there's nothing that makes Kyle Shanahan do what happened with Baltimore and, like, abandon the run, and Purdy can get out of this game with 16 pass attempts, to me, that's the game script, the game flow situation where the Niners would like this game to be. We talked about legacy to kind of kick off this conversation. I don't think there is a person or player in this game that needs it more for their legacy than Kyle Shanahan. It's almost like he was the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons when they blow the 28-3 lead, even though he was the offensive coordinator. And in the last Super Bowl that he was in, they were up 20-10 to with less than eight minutes to go when they lost. Like, he kind of has this track record of blowing big leads and coming up short in the biggest moment. I think he's the one whose legacy is most at stake on Sunday. I think that's correct. He will not retire after the game. He will be fine. He will still be regarded as a top five coach. I do think some of the in-game stuff will intensify and stick to him more, especially if it's a blown lead again, uh, as you referenced. You know that if he wins this game, he passes Mike Shanahan for most postseason wins? I thought that was pretty cool that 
he's the he, he's in that he's in that or wait did he do it last week in the NFC Championship game? Now I'm forgetting my stats. He either is tied with him at eight after the NFC title game, or he got to nine last week. But he's already top twenty five in NFL history in terms of postseason wins. So he's an incredible coach. Uh, but obviously not having a ring on his finger is is huge for him. Listen, man, I think it matters for all of them. I think it matters for Kelsey to make the case over Gronk. I think it matters for Reed to, you know, can he be the second-best coach all-time behind Belichick? Or if Belichick never comes back and coaches and Andy Reed coaches for another decade, can he pass Bill Belichick? I mean, he's not going to pass him in rings most likely, but, you know, it's certainly possible. Every Super Bowl matters for legacies. You know, that's just, that's just how it is because it's so damn hard to win one, and some of the best players of all time either have one or zero. So it matters for Mahomes. You don't want it to end up being like a LeBron situation where we're counting Super Bowl wins and Super Bowl losses. It, it, it matters for all of these guys. But I agree with you. I'd rank Shanahan number one. Danny, you know I have to ask you about your bets because I'm going to guess that you have – 37 different scenarios and plays and parlays and props. Give me your three favorite. Try to help people out so they know to fade your action. Give me three of your locks for Sunday. All right. Harrison Butker, no missed field goals, minus 240. You got to pay a premium, but he's a great kicker, and it's in a dome, and the Chiefs won't kick long field goals. They'll go for it. So I like him to not miss a field goal in this game. Mahomes over 26 and a half rushing yards feels like stealing money. Frankly, we know he runs more in the postseason, And I think that, you know, the, the Niners are going to do everything they can to flush him from the pocket. And he's deceptively athletic. So I think, you know, he's celebrating. He's like, I got a six pack under the dad bod, which is just a spectacular answer. And then I will say chiefs to win the game. So Chiefs on the money line. I'll give you I'll give you those three bets. I'm actually going a little alternate line here, and I took the Chiefs at minus six and a half because just how NFL games work that, hey, you know, this is a 27-20 Chiefs win, and I got a chance to cash in at three to one odds. Chiefs minus six and a half. Yeah, I like that. I, I mean I probably I, I will do a bet like that. I might go even bigger though. I might do like minus thirteen and a half. And Oh, you and got really this go potentially for- being a blowout. I think, I think blow. Listen, man. If Purdy turns the ball over twice, and Mahomes is on the you know consecutive games in the postseason streak without turning the ball over, you give the Chiefs' offense two extra possessions uh, against how the Niners' defense has been, and then you put them in a situation where they do have to abandon McCaffrey a little bit. Yeah, I th- I, I do think that blowout is on the table. Absolutely. That is Danny Parkins of six seventy. The score joining us on the show. I now can say definitively. He is one of the best, absolute best, top two sports talk hosts in the country. Danny Parkins, man, congratulations on all your success. It is, I don't know if I should feel a way that your career has really taken off the further and further you've gotten away from me. I mean, I told you. 